Hello and welcome to the NHRA Insider Podcast with Brian Loans. The fans have won already. What a spectacular week of competition we have seen. On this episode, Angel Sampay talks about her new sponsorship deal, and Bruno Massel talks Pro Stock and Comp Eliminator. And there is not a happier human being on planet Earth than the woman in that Pro Stock car. We're going fast on two wheels and four in this episode. Goodbye, Snake, and hello, Ace. This is the NHRA Insider. And the wildest day in the history of this category is finally complete. Hello and welcome everybody to this episode of the NHRA Insider Podcast with Brian Loans. I'm your host, Brian Loans, back again, and we are creeping ever closer to the beginning of the NHRA Camping World Drag Racing Series after we celebrated the beginning of the NHRA Lucas Oil Drag Racing Series last weekend, Orlando, Florida, the Division Two event, officially the first event of the NHRA Drag Racing season, and it was a good one. We look at all the participation down there, the winners, including Richard Freeman, who won competition eliminator. Comp Eliminator will be a subject of the discussions on this show as Bruno Massa will be our guest along with Angel Sampay. Angel is going to talk about her announcement of a new sponsorship deal with Mission Foods that's going to keep her on the racetrack with Vance and Hines. She'll be sitting on top of one of their new Suzuki's with the four valve cylinder head. A lot of really exciting things happening in Pro Stock Motorcycle and uh, we're going to delve into many of those topics with Angel and when we get to talk to Bruno we'll be talking about his designs on Pro Stock in 2021 and what he plans to do with competition eliminator in a refreshed and revised and repowered comp eliminator program that he had very little time in last year it was a thrash that he put in for the season they got the car out once or twice but it shows massive promise and we'll talk all about the unique combination that he'll be running in 2021 as he will uh, tell us whether he's going to chase a national championship or what he plans to do maybe chase some of that big money in division four that roger brogdon has put up I mentioned that race last weekend in Orlando. It was a great event. I hope many of you tuned in on NHRA.TV for free, which is a new addition to the NHRA.TV lineup. In that, you will be able to watch Lucas Oil Drag Racing Series divisional events free from around the country. Each division is going to be provided its own, uh, let's call it a media set that will have cameras and the necessary equipment to live stream these races, and you'll be able to tune into .TV. You don't have to be an NHRA member. You should be. You don't have to be a .TV subscriber. You should be. But if you uh, just want to watch some good old-fashioned sportsman drag racing like you were able to do last weekend for free from Orlando, I'd advise you to pay attention to that program. You can go to NHRA.TV and sign up. It's super easy. Basically, you put in your email address, you lock yourself in, and then you can pick uh, select free content. You'll be able to watch races. It is uh, a great thing that the season is officially underway. And it's a great thing that we continue to have uh, positive announcements. Uh, this Angel announcement is great. I'm not sure uh, a lot of people knew it was coming. I certainly didn't, so I was pleasantly surprised when I saw the news release on NHRA.com yesterday uh, stating the fact that not only was she coming back, but she was coming back with Mission Foods as a sponsor. Eddie and Andrew will serve as co-crew chiefs on the motorcycle, and I have a sneaking suspicion that they, too, will find their way out of the shop back on top of motorcycles at some point in the 2021 campaign. The Lucas Oil Drag Racing Series will be running across the country in any location that it can starting, well, now. And uh, there will be racing in South Georgia Motorsports Park next weekend as Division Two will continue their march on, as well as other warm weather divisions getting things off the ground to boot. So it is a, a great time of the year. Of course, we are now inside of a month basically, uh, right about a month until we go down to run the Gator Nationals. The weekend before will be the Baby Gators, which is drawing a lot of attention already. The uh, pre-entries and folks that are going to be running 
at the divisional event that always precedes the big national event down there in Gainesville. Uh, it's going to be very exciting. I'm, I'm excited. I will be down there. Alan Reinhardt and I will be calling that race. And, um, of course, we'll be working with Tony Pedragon on the broadcast of the Gator Nationals, which will include two days of coverage, Saturday qualifying coverage in the afternoon live, and then there'll be a tape-delayed Sunday morning qualifying show that'll kind of get you all wrapped up on a race day, and then race day coverage will be live for three hours on the Fox Broadcast Network once we get going on Sunday in Florida to officially begin the season. There was some maybe incidental news that was dropped the other night. If uh, those of you that are that are motocross or supercross fans, if you happen to be watching the uh, Monster Energy Drink Supercross race that was uh, televised on NBC Sports, you would have seen Brittany Force interviewed, and Brittany Force uh, made the closest thing to a, an official statement that John Force Racing has made in some time that uh, they will be racing in Gainesville, and she will be racing in Gainesville. The, uh, the rumor mill says three cars, but we'll find out exactly what their plans are once they make an official team statement. Or even if they don't, we'll find out what they are when we run round one qualifying to see who's in race cars, who isn't, and what those cars will be on the racetrack. So it's all coming together pretty nicely here. The entries are starting to show up on the entry list for Gainesville. Some of the early uh, enterers, if you will. Joe Morrison will be down there running the Leverage Family car in Top Fuel. Artie Allen will be back in Top Fuel uh, racing his cars. We saw him do in 2020, kind of living out a lifelong dream to run a Top Fuel dragster. So those are the first two cars on the list, and the regulars are soon and sure to follow. The big question for the Gator Nationals, of course, will be who of those semi-regular racers will we see on that sheet? Will we see Scott Palmer? Will we see Terry Totten, TJ Zizzo, Cameron Ferre? That is all left to be seen, and uh, we'll be watching those entry lists over the next couple of weeks. It's a uh, great time of the year. The Super Bowl just happened. Uh, We will not bring that up with Bruno. Giant Kansas City Chiefs fan. I know he's probably still smarting as we're only about two days after the game was uh, was held. And uh, always tough when your team makes it all the way to the end. Doesn't quite close the deal. But uh, it was an exciting night for your Tom Brady fan. Uh, That was yet another one in the books for a guy who has had a career that is simply unbelievable. And, you know, when we look at a team like uh, Capco Racing, they're, 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 they're trying to do things in drag racing like Tom Brady's done them in football. They will be starting the 2021 season looking for their fourth straight top fuel title, something that would put them in uh, the echelons of history that so few other people have ever been on. Uh, really, they'd start kind of doing things that only John Force has ever done in the Nitro ranks at that point. Really, really cool. And it's going to be great to watch the season unfold once we get going in Gainesville. Outside of the news of Angel coming back and coming back with Mission Foods as a sponsor, we continue to see other racers kind of gathering and signing sponsorship deals. Kyle Koretsky signed a deal with Lucas Oil for them to be the primary sponsor of his pro stock car. Uh, My understanding is that Kyle will continue to race with KB Racing, and this sponsorship deal certainly will help his program out. He had a very fast car last year, of course, made that final round in Las Vegas, the final race of the season. He did come up short, but it's valuable learning experience for a guy who was a rookie who will come into 2021 with that final round experience under his belt and certainly a hot rod that is ready to run. With Jason Line now being fully and 100% assigned to the engine shop at KB Racing, one can only imagine that that means those cars will make even more horsepower as they have. Greg Anderson will be looked to come out of the gate swinging as well, but Kyle Koretsky with that Lucas Oil sponsorship, a great move for the Pro Stock category. Anytime we see a Pro Stock car getting a full sponsorship in the form of a great partner like Lucas Oil, it's an awesome thing, and certainly a category that, uh, like all categories, can use all the sponsors they can get. 
Racers like Terry McMillan continue to hunt for sponsor dollars. To this point in time, when I'm making the show, he is still on the hunt. He is very vocal about that on social media. And my understanding is, if not all, the majority of his team still employed and working hard at the race shop. So Terry is thrashing day in and day out, working the phones to try to raise the funding to get his team back on track. And certainly Terry McMillan, over the last couple of seasons, has had one of the most competitive cars in the sport and a guy who has uh, done things, the, the played the long game, if you will, done things the hard way and in many ways the right way he did not rush his program once he got hooked up with Rob Wendland it really did turn things around they found a lot of great stability there and they built a great tune-up and they were able to do things like win the U.S. Nationals and really make some headlines uh, that they had previously not been able to do so we'll keep our eyes peeled on Terry McMillan over the coming weeks to see if he can lock down those hard-to-find sponsor dollars for 2021. So there you have it. That's a little bit of a news update inside and around the world of NHRA Camping World Drag Racing. And with that, we're going to welcome our first guest onto the show. She is the winningest female drag racer in NHRA history, certainly the winningest female drag racer in pro stock motorcycle history, one of the best of all time. And she comes back swinging in 2021. Angel Sampay, the rider of the Mission Foods, Vance and Hines Suzuki. How you doing, Angel? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. And I can understand why. Uh, this was a huge announcement that was made uh, just, just yesterday uh, by NHRA.com, and it's really rocketed around the Internet. And I guess before we go into kind of the backstory on this thing, uh, it has to be an incredibly gratifying feeling to know that you are secure for another season in this sport. It is, and the reason why I'm doing so great and feeling so good is because I had was really, really believing that my career had finally come to an end. I just thought, you know, with the way Harley-Davidson left and, you know, my luck, it seemed to be on my side, you know, getting invited to be on that team with Vance and Hines. And then when it turned around and, and the sponsorship had ended just two short years into, you know, me being with them, I thought it was a sign. You know, I, I, I was able to ride with the team for a little while with a great sponsor had a blast, but now it's over. And I started to really decide or try to decide which route I wanted to go with my life from here on out. And the very day that I was getting really depressed about it and, and knew that I had to make a decision was when Terry called me and told me that this was happening. And it was like, man, I mean, it, I'm all these years, I'm, I'm the one that tries to tell people that you have to think positive. You have to keep moving forward and you know, here I was finding myself thinking negative and thinking it was over, and Terry saved the day. So I am so excited to be able to race again this year. I'm hoping this one lasts a little bit longer, <laughs> um, but I'm just so glad. I am so glad that it's not over for me yet. Yeah, and I think uh, I think all of us in the sport of drag racing are, are thinking the same way. You know, I guess w one of the, the things I want to ask you about is, I'm, I'm guessing, by the sounds of it anyway, that you kind of learned about the Harley-Davidson situation at almost the same time the rest of us did, which was um, not that it necessarily came out of the sky, but it kind of did. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure anybody expected Harley-Davidson to step away, not just from drag racing, but from all forms of racing as a factory kind of team. So I guess let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, did you get the – was there any advanced news, for instance, since you know a month ahead did you guys know hey listen they're leaving at no. the end of the season yeah yeah no absolutely not when i left vegas um you know when the season was over i thought we were going into the off season to prepare for next year um i was down not the year i had but the year we all had with coronavirus and yeah. and the way the racing went it was just it was depressing you know that we i wanted to race more i wanted more chances to get to the winter circle and 
then I thought that was going to be next this year. And, and then I got the call saying that it was over and I was devastated. I really felt like I had genuinely lost. It was just a huge loss. I hate to compare it to losing a loved one, but I was just, it, it was one of the worst days of my life, you know, because I was at such a high and then all of a sudden such a low and I didn't want it to be over. Um, and that's why I was feeling the way I was feeling. And then when Terry called and said the mission food Suzuki, um, was going to be a thing for me this year. I was going to be on Vance Hines with the, the new four valve. It was just, it was as good as n- the news was when they told me about the Harley deal. So I, I just can't tell you how excited I am, you know, especially I was really, really thrilled to be on that Harley. I'm going to miss Harley Quinn. That's what I, I, my term of endearment for the motorcycle I got to ride, but to be back on a Suzuki again, where I started all this, I, I'm, I just am so excited. I can't see how it goes. I hope I can come around on the Suzuki faster than I did on the Harley, though, because that was a huge, a huge challenge for me. Yeah, and, and I think that, and I'd have to guess anyway, as the kind of competitive personality you have as, as someone who strives for excellence, really, in everything that they do, I have to imagine that's what made it kind of doubly hard as far as the Harley-Davidson departure, because you really did battle to, to conquer that motorcycle, and ultimately you did, and you became comfortable on it, you won race on it, you know, things things were not easy for you as you just mentioned to get comfortable on that bike and finally the 2020 season was like okay she's got a handle on it now and then the rug comes out from underneath you yeah exactly i I had i was doing everything i possibly could physically mentally to prepare myself for that motorcycle and um like you said i did finally overcome it i was so ready to race when we got to gainesville in 2020 I had never been more ready in my whole career, and then we were sent home. And, you know, it was just sit home and wait, and that's when the downfall happened. I wasn't going to the gym as much as I was. I kind of lost myself mentally with racing, and it was a little bit of a struggle at the very first race, but fortunately it came back pretty quickly. The second one, I did get the win. Um, you know, it ended up being a decent season for me because of the win. Um, overall, it's not the season we wanted as a team, we were looking for another championship, but um, that's over, and we're starting a brand new one, and this is going to be a whole new story, a whole new journey. I'm excited about what Vance and Hines has done with this new four valve. Uh, I think it's going to be an amazing opportunity for not only myself, but other racers out there when they get their hands on this engine as well. I know Corey and Joey are going to be running it. I just think it's going to just boost the class the whole bunch, so I'm just happy that and feeling so blessed and lucky and honored that Banson Hines and Terry and Byron and Matt and Andrew are giving me the opportunity to ride it. You know, it, I, I sit back and I think like, wow, I'm getting to do this with Andrew and Eddie behind me as crew chiefs. And I mean, what greater opportunity is there? So when I was thinking that I had finally hit the top of my career with the Vance and Hines Harley Davidson team, I think it's even better this time around. Yeah, and I think you know the the value because obviously this bike's going to ride a lot differently than the, than the V twin, right? You're 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 kind of going back to the the days of a high winding engine. You know things are going to change as far as how you physically ride the bike, where you shift it, all those kind of types of things. I would have to guess that the the experience of adapting yourself to the V twin motorcycle is going to have some value here in terms of 
you know, not necessarily in the physical terms of riding the bike, but in the mental idea of having to acclimate yourself with something new. I think when you go through an experience that that challenges you, like the Harley, the, the, the V-Twin bike did, it can only make a situation like this where you really have to go in the other direction um, probably a little bit better in terms of being able to mentally kind of set your set your goals, set your marks, set kind of where you want to be. Yes, you definitely said that perfectly. It's um, It was such a challenge mentally and physically, so you know, I'm, I'm ready for this one. I'm, I know what a Suzuki feels like. I know what it sounds like. I know what I have to do, but it has been so long since I've done it. So I'm going to definitely have to break the habit of all the things, you know, that I drilled into myself for the Harley, um, even down to the shifting, you know, the, the shifter is backwards, uh, where I had to go back to the original shift position of a, a street bike where it's one down five up that's what the Harley was and the Suzuki's the way that the it's all set up is it's backwards. So it's one up five down. Oh, wow. So yes, I I even (laughs) have to remember in the burnout to make sure I put it in gear the correct way when I'm pulling up to the stage and you got to put it back in first the correct way. And of course, after you leave the starting line, you you push the button, but you're right about the shift points. You know, the Harley, the RPM level was so much lower. The torque was down low in the engine. It pulls really hard, the whole gear, this is going to rev up really high. I'm going to have to force myself to wait for the gear shift because I'm going to think the engine's blowing up yeah. because the Harley just doesn't <laughs> rev that high. You know, and that finish line, I'm probably think it's going to uh, about to explode on me. But hopefully, after just a few runs, I'll I'll be back in the whole groove of it, and I'll be used to the sound again. It was a sound that I loved back then. Um, I've come to love both sounds, the Harley and the Suzuki's. But I'm re- I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Uh, I can't be more proud to bring on Mission Foods with this whole deal. Um, they have a long history. Uh, they stand for quality, and that's just something that matches Vance and Hines perfectly. You know, Vance and Hines has been in the sport forever. Yeah. Highest quality team out there. Um, I think the match is perfect, and the product itself is something I can really be proud to promote. It's It's a product I use. I'm sure you use. A lot of people use it. Uh, I, we just love it. And my whole family, I was saying yesterday when we did the live thing, we all have our favorites. And I think it's just something that the NHRA fans will, even though they've already probably been using the product, if they haven't, I hope they try it. But I think Mission Foods Foods is going to just love being a part of the NHRA when they learn how dedicated and loyal our fan base is and this is going to be a good match for them as well listen with uh with two growing boys who like to try to eat us out of house and home i feel like i'm going to apply for a partial ownership stake in that company <laughs> we eat a lot of their product here and it's, it's great let's talk a little bit about the phone call with terry when this gets when this gets kind of passed on to you when, when you get informed of this because i i put terry vance in kind of like that don Prudhomme kind of mindset like he's the, a really cool guy like he's kind of this unshakable you know, at least in my experience, this kind of unshakable, really kind of smooth guy who, you know, when presented with an issue, when presented with a problem, is going to find a way to solve it. And obviously, they were presented with a situation where they wanted to keep the team going. They need to go out there and, and, and get business, which they've done with Mission Foods. And I guess I want to know how, when you were brought into the process, what was the phone call when, when you got informed of this? Tell me about that. You know, it's kind of funny that you asked that because I didn't know until just a couple of weeks ago the deal was completely done and the only part of it left was to ask me if I wanted to do it. And so that's when Terry called and he told me what was going on and he said, do you want to ride the Suzuki with Mission Foods? At first, I don't even remember if he told me (laughs) who the sponsor was going to be. I think the first question was, do you want to ride the Vance and Hines 
um, four-valve Suzuki engine on on the new body, the new um, Hayabusa body. And I was like, I didn't want to insult him, but that was a stupid question. <laughs> so, yes, of course I did. Right. And then I was like, so what, how, what's going on? And, then, you know, he told me about the sponsor. And, um, I, I, like I said, I couldn't be happier. But it was funny because it brought the memory back to when the Harley-Davidson offer came up. So Andrew and Eddie sat me down at breakfast. I had gone to the PRI show and they invited me to breakfast, which I thought was really strange because I don't like these people and they don't like me. And why are we going to breakfast together? So, it's like a mafia movie, up. right? It's like, it's like in the yeah, mafia, like, wait a the, second. We're yeah. sitting in this restaurant and they keep looking over their shoulder to make sure nobody's watching or seeing us. And they tell me that they're interested in putting a third bike out and would I be interested in driving it? Same thing, stupid question. So I had a 001 reaction time on saying yes. And Eddie's <laughs> like, well, wait, you know, don't answer so quickly. Don't you want to know what's, you know, what we have to offer? I'm like, nope, I want to ride it. So, you know, so here's the offer to ride the Vance and, the Vance and Hines Harley-Davidson. And then they say, well, we still have to clear it with Harley. And then about four or five days later, I can't remember, I get the phone call from Terry saying it's not going to happen. Oh. That Harley-Davidson Harley has denied it and they, you know, it's, it's just not going to happen. So my life was over and um, didn't know what I was going to do. About a week or two goes by after that, and I have literally cried like every single day for at least six days straight. Terry calls me back and says, how bad do you want to ride this motorcycle? I'm like, what are you people trying to do to me? <laughs> right. And, and he, I was like, I want to ride it. And he says, I'm going to put you out there for three races. You're going to have our fours at four races to prove yourself. And um, so here I go. Now I got the pressure of the world on my shoulders. I have to prove to them that I can do this. And I choke on a starting line in uh, Gainesville. And so I'm thinking it's over. But of course, I got the call again that, Jer that Terry said that he knew that I had too much pressure on me and he wanted to take that pressure off and that I was going to ride for the whole season. So it was like I was on a roller coaster, yeah. literally about to lose my mind. So then when it ended and this came up, I think Terry thought to himself, let me not include her in this until it is 100% official. And so that's what he did. I had no idea what was going on. I don't know how long he had been working on it. I do know that he was talking to people is all he would say. Yeah. You know, because I said, you know, I'd like to start looking for sponsorship. If I can bring something to the team, you know, how do you want me to go about doing it? And then... Like I said, I got that call when I had just about given up, and he said it was a done deal. They only needed to know if I wanted to do it. So, man, that's awesome. Here we are. And you know, to Terry's credit, and and I think it's a sign of it's a sign of somebody that knows and understands people and how to and how to get the best out of people. Like you mentioned, I'm sure that was a situation where he was like, "Listen, we put her through the ringer here on the, the last time. Let's not do that uh -huh. again." You know, and and that I think speaks to uh, certainly speaks to him and his ability to, to put together winning teams and winning operations. You know, resiliency is um, is something that we've all learned a lot about in the last year uh, in not only drag racing but just kind of in life in general. And I want to talk a little bit about that with you and your career because you have had. A resilient career. I mean, it's like you said, there have been times when it seems like, well, this may be, you know, my last go around. And it certainly hasn't been because of, you know, your talent level and what you've accomplished and what you can continue to accomplish. But one of the things that kills me sometimes, and it's my fault for reading the Internet, but it's like so many people that follow drag racing think that, that once something happens, i.e. Harley Davidson leaving, that that's it. It's over with. And it kills me because 
not only our teams, but our racers are very resilient people. And this is another example of, of finding the way forward. And it, I don't know if it bugs you as much as it bugs me, but it kills me. It, you know, it, that's a, I'm so glad you said that because there's so many parts to this whole thing that we're talking about. Um, not only resiliency on the racetrack or as a team or with sponsors, you know, just fighting, scratching, clawing to stay out there because it's a lot tougher than what people think. But on a personal level as well, you know, I have been put to the ringer in every way, shape, and form you can possibly imagine. And I keep coming back. I'm a fighter. This is what I want to do. This is what I live for. Um, I'm sacrificing so much with my own family. You know, I have young kids now and my husband that I have to leave at home a lot. Um, so it's, there's been many times that I'm sure people thought it was over for me, but I never thought it was over for me. I always knew that one way or another, I'm going to get back out there. But this time it was a different story for me simply because I've been out here for so long and, you know, I just thought maybe it was God saying it's your time. It's your time to stay home and, and it's, and it's done, but, um, it's not my time. And now I've realized that I can do this for longer. You know, I'm, I'm getting up there in age, but I'm still physically capable. I'm more than mentally capable now I'm, I'm at a point in my life mentally that i wish i could have been here 20 years ago where i am in my mind so yeah there's a lot that we go through as racers and teams with sponsors and different rides and you know even switching from one team to another but um when you have the heart of a drag racer nope we just don't quit and we, we won't quit racing. If, if you have to quit drag racing, then we're going to start lawnmower racing or doing, <laughs> I mean, that's, we're never going to stop racing one way or another. You know, and, and let's talk a little bit about the pro stock motorcycle category, because in the midst of all this craziness that's been going on, in my opinion, the, the class in and of itself over the last, let's say two to three, maybe four seasons has been as good or better than anything else that's been on the racetrack. And between we, we all know that there's been so many first time winners or there's been so many so many winners that have reemerged, so many teams, racers that are coming back into the fold. Um talk to me a little bit about your experience because it does range over a long time in Pro Stock Motorcycle. When you look at the class as it sits now in twenty twenty and now twenty twenty one, where does it stack up to where it's been in the history of your career? Wow, I've seen it all, you know, from the beginning of where the guys didn't really want me out there and it was really hard. I've, there was a lot of things that I was met with as far as, I mean, I even had one guy spit on me at the end of the racetrack. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, Told, my you know, God. Spit on, didn't want me there. You know, I've had people say some really nasty things, do some nasty things. We had some vandalism to our trailer once. Um, and then today you, you show up as a girl or anybody doesn't matter what your situation is and you're welcomed with open arms so it has changed completely um i think that the motorcycle class as a whole is just one of the best classes out there because of and i have to attribute it to motorcycle people i just think that people who ride have a whole different personality so you know all forms of life you you have doctors and lawyers um riding motorcycles to you know kids on dirt bikes and uh, there's just there's a motorcycle for every everybody for every age for every type of person and i think it just brings in a whole for lack of a better word a personality for the class yeah. you know there's everybody is so friendly and outgoing and fun and and loves life and 
our class was just awesome. You know, if the, that's why I try to tell the fans, the more you get to know the, the, the bike racers and the more you get to know the bikes themselves, the more interested you're going to be in the class. I know we don't have the ground pounding noise and shaking that the top fuel cars have, and we don't have the speed and the acceleration, but we, I mean, to a certain point, we do are really, really fast. It's really hard to drive these bikes compared to what it looks like, but it's such an interesting class that I, I always ask the fans to get to know us a little better, get to know the drivers, get to know the motorcycles, get to know what it takes to get one from point A to point B and your level of enthusiasm with ProSite Motorcycles is going to grow immensely. Yeah, it's a great point. And it is the only class in our sport where you can physically see the operator of the vehicle doing everything yeah, that that's they need true. to do. You know, we, we are, yeah, we like personality again. There you go. You know, you, you can see the rider. We have different riding styles. We have different personalities on the motorcycle. I think Andrew Hines has one of the coolest uh, looks on a motorcycle. He just looks mean. He looks mean. He looks like you talked about Terry. You know, Terry's that unstoppable. He he's seems like he has no fear. He's just really cool. Uh, Andrew's the same way. I, I don't. I never could understand how somebody could be fully clothed in leathers and a helmet. You can't see their face, but they're extremely intimidating. And that's what Andrew can do on the motorcycle. So yeah, that's cool. That's I, I aspire to be like Andrew Hines. <laughs> If he had a nickel for every time he heard that, he'd have five cents now. So that's good. Uh, <laughs> one last question uh, in terms of this bike being new, this engine package being uh, being new in terms of the four-valve cylinder head. Um, when does testing start? When do you want to start testing? New chassis, the whole works. So what is the plan as far as actually getting the rubber to the road here? Yeah, I wish it was ready to test today because I, I think I, you know, not only do I need to get adjusted to that motorcycle, but Andrew and Eddie need to as well. Um, they'll be tuning for me, and neither of them have tuned a Suzuki in quite some time now. So it'll be a learning curve for all of us, but we will not get the opportunity to test until the week of Gainesville. So we'll be taking um, some time just before the race to get the bike down the track as many times as we can. I think we're going to have to you know, go easy with it because um, – I don't know. I don't know. If, I think we have an engine and a spare. I'm not sure exactly what we'll have to beat up on. So we're not going to be going out there trying to set any world records. That's for sure. We're just going to try to uh, get it down the track, you know, get me riding it well, figure out how to make it leave because that's going to be a whole new setup with that. And hopefully we can qualify well and go some rounds. Yeah, it's going to be a great season in Pro Stock Motorcycle. Obviously, the great, uh, you know, personality driven stories of the riders in the category. Now we have this really cool new mechanical wrinkle in terms of the four valve engines and obviously the Vance and Hines 160 cubic inch engine will be available for uh, for teams to use as well so uh, it's setting itself up I think to be one of the most memorable years in the history of the class and certainly with the introduction of a new sponsor in Mission Foods it makes it even better so Angela I wish you all the luck and uh, hopefully testing goes smoothly and I look forward to seeing you down there at the Amelie Oil Gator Nationals. I can't wait for it. Come by the, by the uh, pit. I'm sure we'll have lots of tortillas and chips and salsa to eat. So we'll have a party. You may That's regret inviting me down there, but I will come. <laughs> Thanks, Looking Angel. forward to seeing you and everybody else. Thanks for having me, Brian. All right. So after a great conversation with Angel Sampe, we bring on a guy with another graceful name, Bruno. Bruno Massel. How you doing, man? Hey, Brian. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing all right. And uh, like you, I am uh, chomping at the bit to get going with our 2021 Camping World Series and for you, the Lucas Oil Drag Racing Series. 
And I want to catch up, man. I want to I want to find out what's kind of going on in your world for 2021, what your program is, and and kind of what's going on with Pro Stock and the Comp Car. Well, a lot of stuff, man. You know, the thing is, it's just like anything else. It's uh, a moving target, to say the least, on a lot of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think everybody's all in the same boat, and I think everybody kind of gets it now. You know, some people were mistaken and thought we'd flip a switch when the uh, calendar flipped to 21 and yeah. everything be back to normal. Now we all know, smart enough to know that's not the case. But, man, I'm, I'm going to be moving forward and, and doing some cool stuff. I just I don't have a firm schedule as of yet. I can tell you that. Uh, thank you to Mark Stock, Seth, the, uh, one of the best guys in the world, man. He's going to back me to drive Pro Stock again for Elite Motorsports. Uh, we haven't pinned down an exact schedule as of yet because there's so many moving components going on right now. Um, but I can tell you that we all, I will start off with the Door Slammer Nationals in Orlando behind the wheel of that car. So it, that's an, a great opportunity to uh, me get some, some seat time in that car, get a chance to race for a few bucks, and get prepped for the uh, NHRA Camping World Drag Racing Series, man, the Pro Stock, which I'm really excited about. And, and I not feel only like, Camping I, World Beyond, but, but just, yeah. just a new generation to be part of that, like a whole new era of NHRA Drag Racing, man. So uh, And do it in the pro ranks. You know, I... I I licked my wounds a little bit from last year, and I think uh, I'll be a better driver as a result of moving into this year. Well, yeah, I think to me the thing that I respect, you know, most about you, we work together a lot, and, and we talk a lot just outside of the racetrack. But there is no easy way to dip into pro stock, right? You're either in or you're out, and uh, you know to watch you go out there and, and do what you did last year, and and you know you learn lessons. We all watch you learn lessons, and it was like it was a pretty cool experience just to to see you commit to that level of of racing and obviously it was it was an experience that uh, you will never forget that first season you come into a new year kind of more season but I feel like starting this season for you at the World Door Slammer Nationals is a is a good deal because it's different environment right you're racing for money more than you're racing for any sort of points or or wally for instance but you're going out there trying to win a few bucks and it's kind of a more more headhunter atmosphere I guess it is, and it's something I've never really done. That I've never done the big money bracket races and any of that kind of stuff. The well, racing I've done, just because of my work schedule and stuff, it's always been so limited to racing a series and following that series and racing. Back in the day, I used to run a lot of the IHRA stuff, and then we kind of moved on and progressed up into the NHRA. My dad, you know, was early on in NHRA stuff, so for me, it was always about chasing points. And over the years, I haven't had the opportunity to do that because of work schedule. And um, but there might be a little bit of shift this year, so that's kind of we're going <laughs> to see how things play out. Because you know, as much as I want to run pro stock. I've got a really good comp car right now, yeah. and um, we, we did some early testing. You know, I had a couple races last year, and it kind of proved uh, what we have thought in theory, and um, it proves we've got a pretty good car to work with. So I've got a dilemma, and it's one you, you die to have. I've got an opportunity to run Pro Stock, work on the NHRA broadcast, and have a comp car that compete for a championship. <laughs> so, I mean, if I, I mean, I, it's like you have to be careful what you wish for because, you know, I've got a great opportunity on multiple levels this year. So the Pro Stock thing, you know, for me, the biggest thing, the hurdle last year was the two qualifying sessions was just yeah. brutal. It's the worst possible scenario for a guy like me coming in as uh, a race-by-race guy and a guy with so little experience or seat time in a Pro Stock car because it's all about reps, reps, reps. And you walk in – especially being you're the first guy out they send you down the track and um, without having any points so you're the one who's the guinea pig for everyone so that you can't miss if you do you're in such a big right. hole because usually that second session is three or four hundred slower than the first so you've got to make some semblance of a decent run and you're the guinea pig for everybody you got to get down the track so let's say like i ran out when i think it was in texas one of 57 which is a great hit off the bat Everybody looked at my data and said, oh, we could go here, 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 here. And they just walked all over me the rest of the session. And then by the second session came around, we made a better run for the session but didn't improve. And then yeah. you're in the first round, and I'm racing, you know, oh, number one or two qualifier. And that was kind of the path. So with the three sessions I'm really excited about this year is that we'll have an opportunity to – 
I'll be that first guy out there guinea pig, but then we'll have on a Friday night, but then Saturday morning in cool conditions, we'll have something to tune off of where I think it'll level the playing field for a guy like me and a lot of us guys who are part-timers. Um, and, you know, I there were times where I, I was proud of my driving. There were times I wasn't so proud. <laughs> Let's just be honest. It is what it is. But I think it was good for the NHRA fans to see some perspective as to yes. I'm, a, I'm a seasoned racer. You know what I mean? I'm not a seasoned pro stock racer, but I've been doing this a long time, and I've had some success at different levels. But to go out and see me, and some of Drem's attempts look good and look like I, should, I can play with the big boys. And the next attempt, not look so good. And I, I think that gives perspective as to how tough that category is, how tough those cars are to drive, and how consistent you have to be on multiple levels and, and adapting. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm learning on the curve. You know what I mean? And I've got a great group around me. Mark is backing me. I've got Erica I can go talk to. Last year, I had Jig I can go talk to. And uh, the plethora of elite crew chiefs there I, that can pick their brains. So I've got a safety net around me. I just got to be go out there and play. Yeah, it's uh, it was just it was a, it was a fascinating thing to watch from a first hand perspective because I have a different relationship with you than I have with any other pro racer. You know, so like when we work together on the shows and stuff, we're 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 a lot more conversive than I am with a typical pro racer. So it was kind of cool to live that experience through you. I really want to talk about the comp car though because this has been a project that uh, you guys started last year, you and your dad, and and a, a kind of a cast of other figures, and you've got this thing where um, it it is pr- it is pretty nasty. And for anybody who's a, a competition eliminator fan, you know that. Anything that has a double letter to the start the designation and ends with a T is going to be awesome. <laughs> and so, it, it really, you know, and it's something that, like, early on when I got into the turbocharged stuff with comp, um, I was a big fan. And I got in, into all that from doing the NHRA broadcast. I was the, the head of the, uh, I, the play-by-play. I was the Brian Loans of the uh, NHRA Sport Compact. Don't sell yourself back short. In the day. <laughs> right? So, uh I've sat in your shoes on a different level, but we had phone parties and stuff in bikini contests. We don't do that on the on the on the big show, but fun nonetheless. But um, you know, I learned a lot from those guys because the technology that was out there back in two thousand, early two thousands, it's amazing stuff. It was so next level. It just the potential was off the charts. It just needed to be refined, and it took a long time to do that with the four cylinder stuff. The four cylinder stuff was a little fragile. Obviously, what we were trying to do with expectations and what we were trying to do with an engine design to make two hundred horsepower, making fourteen hundred. Yeah. Um, th- it's a different animal than when you step into this two JZ platform, and that's what my dad and I decided to do. And it's something we wanted to do for the last couple of years, and finally said last year before the pro stock thing came about was this is the, the direction we're going to move into and um we wanted to use go to a handful of races and pl- see how it plays out and see if the car actually does what we thought it could do because you put it out on paper you're looking at pounds per cubic inch you're looking at indexes and all these other factors that come into play because it's very restricted in complementary. your turbo size is so big and you've got to do all the math and then to actually see it play out is a separate thing i've seen people think they have the best blueprint yeah. and you go to the racetrack and it doesn't work out so it's trial by fire so you you make the investment mentally physically emotionally and you go out and, and try and prove it and we proved well the first hit off the trailer at indy we were number one and um, we ended up fifth and then the next race we went to the car with, with st louis we were number one so the car's got a ton of potential i'm thrilled about it it's an all billet motor basically from Mazworks. these guys it looks like jewelry that's sitting oh, in the car insane yeah yeah, so I couldn't be more thrilled about that. And then, um, you know, working with a guy like Brad Personette, guy who I met in the Sport Compact days, a guy who was really one of the leaders in the whole 2JZ push and worked with a lot of these teams who are now going 550s with a 2JZ motor with a Monster Turbo. So he was not only with friends, but he actually did the final assembly on the motor and at the races was there helping me tune it and looking at what we've got to work with and where I need to step up my program. Um, 
it, it's it's pretty awesome. So I'm really excited about it. I'm excited about the potential of the engine, the longevity, and just something new, man. It's like you got that new toy. You just can't wait to go out and play with it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, yeah. it came out at the end of last year. I only got to play with it twice, and one of them I didn't get to finish the race. So um, <laughs> I'm excited, man. I'm excited to play one way or the other. You know? and, and from like a selfish perspective, it's like – the car that you have and the engine combination you have is the type of thing that people who have no idea what comp eliminator is or don't follow NHRA drag racing would be excited about because you know this as well as I do. There is a the the the, the universe that surrounds this 2JZ engine platform is massive, right? And it's not people that race in NHRA. It's kids that run streetcar takeover. It's kids that run the various import races that happen around the country. It is an incredible platform that our traditional NHRA fans know nothing about, but an entire universe of kids worship. You know what I mean? It really, and, and it's really cool because the young guys get it. They'll walk by the car and they know exactly what they're looking at, and they'll ask really smart questions. And well, you know, and with turbo size, and you know, horsepower, and what we're using for gates, how we're doing boost setups, and what you know, ECU we're running. Really, really intelligent stuff. And what, the other side was kind of cool is you look at some of the older guys, the diehards. You know what I mean? Guys that walk up the car and go, hmm. Man, that looks complicated. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and it's a compliment. You know, it, so it's it's just a different world. And it, I, you know, the whole idea with the sport compact back in the day was to try and bring a younger generation in. And I think they're still there. And yeah. I, I, you know, it's cool that you can connect with the younger generation on this and people, the new level of gearheads, um, because obviously we need new blood in the sport. And, uh, you know, it's just a cool deal to represent them and have something that's different than going down the racetrack that you won't see somebody else have. You know, some people hate me for it. Some people love me for it. But I always liked my dad's always thought outside the box and everything he's done. And I kind of follow his lead on this. And uh, it's just something cool that nobody else has, at least in the category we run in comp. You hey, know, listen, the, the Super Civic configuration. And I was going to say that about your dad. You know, this is a this is this guy is not 40 years old. This guy's not 25 years old. This is an older guy who is willing, yeah. willing to look at things as they should be looked at in terms of. This is a good combination. Like, I don't care if it's a 2JZ. I don't care what it is, but is this going to make us fast? And is this going to make us a favorable combination? It is. And he's willing to put in the work to learn it, which is amazing. You know, what's cool for me, Brian, is, you know, my dad and I have always raced together, and that's our bond is, is through drag racing. And um, <clears throat> with me, you know, and all the stuff we've got going with the television stuff and the broadcast, that side of thing, he understands how important that side is to me, you know, making a living and being part of the NHRA drag racing series and all that stuff from the TV side of it. But he's always there tinkering with the car. <clears throat> and he was kind of stepping away, away from my racing the last few years. I think he was just burnt out. Yeah. And he just turned 77. So I, God bless him. You know what I mean? He has every right to be. And when I talked about doing this program, a good friend of mine, Daryl Heron, um, Bo Butner's crew yeah. chief, was going was gonna to do the build, was going to do uh, all the fabrication work on the car. And we're waiting on the engine to come. I got a, a demo, uh, a block to use as a mock-up for it. And then my dad walks over and goes, so what are you doing with that? I said, well, Daryl's. I'm going to get the car to Daryl in the next few weeks. And he looked and he goes, well, I'm, I'll let you sit in the car. I want to see a few things. I went away for a work trip and I came back and all of a sudden he started fabricating. <laughs> and he looked at me and said, and he had a big smile on his face and said, um, you know what? I'm not in a hurry. If you're not, I want to take over this. And he did. And it's like it yeah. put a new smile, a smile and a spark back in his eye for any tree drag racing. And it's like it's something new, a different challenge. And it, it, it's pretty cool to see. So, you know, he ended up coming to both my races last year. We hadn't in a while. And, you know, it's cool to get a high five from your pop after an end of a run. You know what I mean? For me, that's that's a, that's what this is all about. Yeah, no, it's a great uh, it's a great thing. Great combination. The car is cool. And, and the whole, you know, obviously the background, <clears throat> the legacy that you guys have racing together is, is cool, too. Um, I guess the last topic I want to get into is, you know, we're coming up with the Gator Nationals finally. Uh, there's not a lot of certainty in the world yet in 2021, but we know the Gator Nationals are going to happen. 
you know, I come into 2021 with a different attitude than I did with the return of 2020 in the sense that um, I feel like things will get better. In 2020, we didn't know anything, right? I feel like in 21, I have a little bit more of a positive trajectory in my mind in terms of how we'll be able to have fans in the stands and stuff like that as the season wears on. But I guess I want your thoughts in terms of where you think we are, where you think we're going, that kind of thing. (laughs) You know, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. And it's it's obviously a slower progression than I think any of us would yeah. have wanted at this point. But you know what? There is a glimmer of light at the end of the tunnel. And we just need to get there faster as far as I'm yes. concerned. We yes. can be there tomorrow. <laughs> but I, I do finally see at the end of last year, man, I, I don't know that I saw it. I'm going to be completely yeah. honest with you. You, you, know, you always want to be that positive outlook. And you want to, you know, my my thing is positive thoughts, breed positive thoughts. And But it's, it's hard when you're selling a bill of goods you don't necessarily believe in because we don't have any answers. And, um, it's cool that to see that NHRA came out with a 23 ske- race schedule. I know we dropped one of them in Phoenix, and that's going to happen along the way just because, yeah. well, because of COVID, right? Yeah. But I, I really see, you know, so many people you talk to. I had Jerry Bickle build me a new set of uh, wheelie bars for my car, my comp car, which he built for me. And he told me that he could build, have people working around the clock every day of the week and still be a year behind on cars. I mean, it's crazy the enthusiasm. People are building race cars. They're spending money. They're invested in the sport. So to see them wanting to push forward and race, I think it's awesome. You know, if, if nothing else, is built up a great big deal of anticipation, which will really highlight every race we go to as far as I'm concerned. Because so many people are tired of sitting around and being cooped up and really want to go out there and do this and do it again, you know, and do it full board. So it might take us a little bit longer. We might have a few hiccups about races being kicked or pushed or whatever. But I know we're going to have a badass season, and I want to be a part of it on both every side of it. That's the problem. I just yeah. can't be in every direction at the same time. Yeah, so you have the I'll holy be splitting up a little bit. Yeah. yeah, the holy trinity of of the holy trinity of good bad drag racing problems is what you're dealing with right now. Um, <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. I guess the, the last thing I'm going to say is the you and I outside of NHRA both kind of are involved in the in the high performance aftermarket end of you know the world of SEMA and some other stuff like that. And to your point that you just made. You know, every single company that I've dealt with, that you, I'm sure the ones that you speak with and deal with, they cannot make the parts fast enough. And the one thing it does for me is the same thing you just said, is that it definitely reinforces my understanding and my appreciation for how much people love their hot rods. And ultimately, that's what keeps us going, and it's a good sign. It, it really is. I mean, because, you know, it's a business from – there has to be a business side of this to keep this thing going. You know, for the NHRA, for people in the stands, to the racers having sponsors backing them, to people building parts to, to support these yeah. cars, you know. So it, it's a big circle, and it looks like we're building up a head of steam on, on, on one side of it. <laughs> I mean, we yes. just need something to filter it all through, yeah. and that's when we actually get to hit the track and do it some semblance of, of consistency. You know, it's uh, – like I said – chassis builders back up rick jones talking with him he's a year out on race cars i mean it's crazy and i can't wait to see all these things hit the racetrack and and uh you know these vendors back at my dad's business we're swamped right now with people wanting upgrades and the latest greatest of everything so that they hit the track they're ready to go and it's exciting man you talk to people and there's still some a bit of nervousness in their voice but everyone to a man or woman i've spoke to is the day we're given the green light the day i show i'm going to be ready and, um, you know, because I think it puts some perspective, some people losing out what you want. We're not able to do what you wanted to do. So now when the opportunity presents itself, they want to be full bore into what they're doing. And it's, it seems like a lot of people want to go drag race. <laughs> you and me both, brother. Yes, and uh, include us in that uh, Include us in that count. Bruno Massel, thanks for taking some time today. Look forward to seeing you at the Gator Nationals. And uh, certainly look forward to following your exploits both in pro stock and the comp car this year. Thank you, man. It's going to be a fun year, buddy. I can look forward to it.
And that will bring us to the close of another episode of the NHRA Insider Podcast. I think it's always great to look at the perspective of drag racing in as many ways as possible within these shows. We see Angel's perspective, a person who thought her career had ended, somebody who thought it was over when Harley-Davidson stepped away from drag racing. And not only is it not over, it is reborn on this awesome four-valve Suzuki motorcycle that she will be racing in 2021. And Bruno Massa will be in, in... kind of engaging in a new challenge not only with pro stock but with bringing the full weight of this 2jz powered competition eliminator car that promises to be a real killer when he starts to lean on it the guy's already won two titles he certainly is capable of winning a third and we'll all get back to racing on the national event level in gainesville florida on the second weekend in march cannot wait to be there cannot wait to bring the action to you on fs1 and then the fox broadcast network and this is a fun show i think it's really cool to see two racers who have really found their spot in the sport of drag racing one who's still exploring in terms of bruno and the other who is fully entrenched in the world of pro stock motorcycle and that is on show Thanks for listening to this episode of the NHRA Insider Podcast and all the episodes of the Insider Podcast. If you have not heard them all, make sure you go back in the archive because they're pretty much evergreen. You're going to hear great racers giving great interviews, telling great stories, and giving insight into their careers. We'll be back next week with another episode of the NHRA Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Loans. Thank you so much for listening.